It's the Maddie Daddy, and you're listening to Stud for Stud. Break. Hello, everybody. This is the Maddie Daddy, and welcome back to Stud for Stud. Today, I have some special guests. We're going to break down a few topics, maybe some week one reactions, a little trade targets, and maybe a couple sleepers for you guys to keep your eyes out on. Well, without further ado, I want to welcome you two fantasy analysts. First, the fallen angel, Zach Grayson. What's up? <laughs> Zach has came in back. The angel has returned. Zach, God bless. I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on, brother. And not just you, Zach. We have a very special other guest, the Brooklyn Bomber, Bradley Stickler. Brad, how we doing? Great, Mac. Thanks for having me on, man. <laughs> oh, man. I thought I'd be so happy about that call. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, guys, without further ado, let's get right down to it. Week one, disappointments and overreactions. First on the docket, Saquon Barkley. Zach, let's hear what you think about this guy. Week one, what was your uh, experience? Well, first of all, I want to say that from the last episode, I didn't do too great on the wild cards, all right? We'll get into it. But it's, it's Sunday night. Everyone's excited for Sunday night football. We get to see the best running back in the game against the, you know, on paper best defense in the game. And my man Saquon Barkley comes into the third quarter with negative rushing yards. Everybody's freaking out. What's going on with Saquon Barkley? Well, let me just say that, you know, with watching that game, I don't know how you guys feel, but it's scary to start any running back against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, when one of the best, you know, caliber percentile running backs does not get positive yards in three quarters, it's it's pretty scary. But the, he went 15 carries. You guys want to take a guess on how many yards he had? How many Ooh, yards do you think? It's something like six or nine. It's I'm ugly. pretty sure it was sub 10, right? Six yards, averaging yeah. 0.4 yards a carry. Okay. Yep. 15 carries for six yards. However – there's light in my man, Saquon Barkley. You're talking about those nine targets. I'm talking about the nine targets. Yeah. This guy is the cornerstone of this offense. It is Nothing has changed. Um, it was a very tough matchup, and learning from that matchup, you know, we need to be careful with who we're starting as far as running backs go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But watching that game, Daniel Jones, you know, he showed a lot of um, – I mean, still Daniel Jones making turnovers, but at least he's not afraid to throw the ball downfield against the best defense. I think this offense is going to be better this year than it was last year, you know, starting off the season with, you know, um, Eli Manning, and now they pivoted completely and all in on Daniel Jones. I don't think we need to overreact on Saquon Barkley um, with the six yards. The nine targets is going to get a lot of – so if you're in a PPR league, I would actually be targeting – 
Saquon Barkley and redraft, kind of feeling out anybody. And I, I, I'm curious to see what you guys think. If you had Josh Jacobs, would you trade Josh Jacobs for Saquon Barkley? Ooh, baby, that's a that's a tough call, I think, actually. Uh, you know, I'm definitely one of those kind of guys who uh, sees that touchdown uh, regression after week one for Josh Jacobs. That guy's not going to get, you know, double, you know, two, three touchdowns a week. Uh, and that's kind of what's going to carry him. Now, you did see his receiving work come up this, uh, you know, this year based on what he was getting last year. I want to say he had somewhere in the, in the area six targets, uh, which uh, I'm pretty sure tops everything that he had last year. Uh, but, I, you know, Saquon is – I don't think you could take that. The, the sanity check, it, it gives you the eebie-jeebies, right, kind of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, that – defensive line is impressive um those guys plug every gap uh and make you change direction and their linebackers are so fast um now i i think you just uh, adjust your expectations though right if you've got one of those rb1s saquon cmc you know the joe mixons of the world these guys that are a lot of hype they got a lot of talent you expect them to do good things you got to start them you can't bench them uh right you know they're the talent's got to got to take over but you also have to adjust your expectations and maybe play your lineup a little bit differently based on that uh but yeah zach i'm with you man i you know i think there's there's better weeks ahead for sure for saquon barkley and that target share is a a pretty big thing for me as well absolutely guys i think uh you guys both nailed it on the head i think like we said overreaction for week one we got a new head coach there New offensive coordinator. A lot has changed. No Golden Tate. He was banged up. Didn't even play, I don't believe. Um, yeah, no. week one. Let's let's have faith in our boy. Um, next up, guys, OBJ. Zach, hit me with it. What's your thoughts, week one? Well, I'm curious to see what Brad has to say about this, but I'm, I'm going to – I'm just going to say it, man. Um, when Odell went to the Browns, you know, Vegas line came out that – you know, they basically said the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl, 12 to 1 favorites. And the man is just extremely talented. What he was able to do with Eli Manning for all those years. And we all know that Eli is a smart quarterback, but he's not a talented quarterback. And the Baker hype was real when he first got drafted and he first got in. And there was just all this excitement coming around in Cleveland. And I like Cleveland. You know, I'm from Kentucky. But, man, I got to be real. When I watched that game, I didn't watch every snap, but I watched every target to Odell. And the man got 10 targets. Granted, that is looking up 10 targets for three reception, 22 yards. And one of those targets, man, was right on the hands, and he just dropped it. Um, and it's not uh, – when I, when I think about Odell – you know, I'm not overreacting too much in the red area where the alarms are sounding and we need to abandon ship. But I would be lying if I drafted Odell Beckham in a redraft that I'm in the yellow, man, because I was had hopeful for Baker Mayfield and we're going to get to them. But it looks like the same old Browns and the curse just continues to fall. I'm hopeful for the 10 targets and I got to give Odell a break because he was playing against Baltimore which is preferred, you know, one of the top defenses in the league. But, man, he's dropping passes. 
and that's just not Odell like. Um, I'm in the yellow range for Odell Beckham. Okay, Brown Bomber, Brad, this is your time. Let us in on some Brown Insider. What What's the OBJ feel? Week one disappointment? Overreaction? What we got? Yeah, I definitely think you guys say it's a disappointment. Uh, but as your your resident Browns uh, fan, uh, I think it's an opportunity to go buy him low. Uh, and I know a lot of people are going to think that's crazy based on his play last year uh, and his, you know, his kickoff to, to 2020. But, you know, Zach pointed out 10 targets and, uh, you know, opportunity – uh, and talent together, those things are going to come together eventually. Uh, you got to realize the guy's coming off sports hernia surgery. It's his first full speed game since that. Uh, plus, he's bringing in a new offense with Kevin Stefanski and Alan, Alex Van Pelt. Uh, it's a tough situation, right? Um, I still think that the coaching staff needs to go back and look at those uh, seven or eight games Baker Mayfield started in 2018 as a rookie uh, and see what worked for him. Uh, if you go back and, and you think about what Freddie Kitchens was doing that year, it was three-step drops and get the ball out, uh, mm-hmm. which is going to play right into their strengths with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. Uh, that feeds into the play-action pass game now. That feeds into the run game. That's when he was his best. When you get him into that five-step drop, that seven-step drop, he starts to panic, uh, and that doesn't help Odell Beckham any. Um, so, so I, like I said earlier, I think it's an opportunity. If you can get him at the right price, obviously you don't want to try to pay wide receiver one value for him right now. Uh, but if you can capitalize, uh, on the panics and the fears of people right now, I think, I think it's definitely something you should do because so, the, the reward, uh, can, can be huge. Uh, right. Real quick week, week two, they got the Bengals. You're the Kenny Galladay redraft owner. He's not practicing. It's what Wednesday night right now. Do you yep. put in a trade? Would you trade Galladay for Beckham right this minute? Redraft. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I got that much faith in him. It's. You, he's got to show you something. To, to be completely honest, I gotta. I, I'm not probably up to speed as much as I should be on Kenny Galladay's injury. Uh, but I, even if he was going to miss a couple weeks, I can't see myself taking a, sending Kenny Galladay away for Odell right now. All right. Yeah. All right. Now to the, uh, other side, Zach, our resident Packers fan, Aaron Rodgers, lit up you know, week one. What do we got? You know, it's Monday, it's Sunday. You got all your stuff on. You got your red zone on, and I was actually dumbfounded by the fact that when I chose which game I wanted to watch, for the first game, you know, it wasn't the Packers. You know, as a dynasty owner, you're wanting to see your rookies. You're wanting to see what the rookies look like and all the hype around the rookies. But as the homer of the Green Bay Packers, I just want to say that I love my man Rodgers. Uh, I got him in dynasty. He's still a bad man, but I got to be real that the Vikings defense looked like ass. All right. They have, they got rid of Xavier Rhodes, which he was on his decline and I see why they did it, but they got rookie corners out there. And I did rewatch the game, dude. And Devontae Adams is a bad man and he's always open and he's always open by yards. 
but it wasn't just Devontae Adams that was always open. If you look at those passes that were caught, there was no one around Lazard. MVS was getting separation, and he's slow. You know what I mean? i got to like, tell you something. It, I, I love the Packers, man, but I'm not – they didn't draft any skill players except for a bruiser running back. You know, I do think Rodgers is on a mission to show the organization that you messed up. I still got a lot in the tank. And I one thing that there isn't up for the Packers is if you watch that game, they went for it on fourth down twice. One time they got stuffed in the red zone and they didn't get the – now Adams would have had a bigger day if he would have caught that touchdown in the, the second quarter on fourth down, fourth and two. But they also went – for what forward on fourth down when they were on their own 40. So they're being more aggressive, which is good for Rodgers than they were last year. I feel like they were just running a lot and checking it down a lot. But I mean, dude, like I don't foresee these huge games from Rodgers all year long. Um, the NFC or the AFC North, you know, it's the schedule starting to look up with the Minnesota Vikings being bad. Chicago Bears didn't look all that good either. Their defense is starting to decline, and I don't know. I'm I'm warm on Rodgers, but I'm definitely not overacting saying Rodgers is going to be a top five quarterback this year. Um, there's 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 pros and cons to everything. Pros they're being more aggressive, and Devonte Adams is healthy, and maybe they figured it out and they've got smooth defenses in the division, but they did not draft skilled players, and um, Rodgers is going to have to do it by himself. So, Brad, I'm what do we want... have? Is this a uh, overreaction? Is yeah. I got to give you props, Zach. If I was in your shoes, I'd be excited, man. <laughs> uh, you know, based on the stuff you're talking about and, and what we've seen in week one with the NFC North's uh, defenses, they are not anything to be scared about. Uh, and if I'm in a redraft league, I'm looking at how I can hold on to Aaron Rodgers and take my team to the championship because uh, I it was unreal what he did to that defense. Um, and there's, there's not a whole lot of challenge in the schedule for them, even outside of the NFC North right now. Um, so I, I, I I'm a little bit higher on him than you are now. Uh, I will say I'm probably a little bit flip-flopped with Dynasty. Dynasty, I'd be looking to sell him as high as possible right now. Uh, and maybe that's in a couple weeks uh, after he puts another couple games up. Uh, uh, I just looked and I forgot what the teams are that he's playing up, but it's not a tough schedule. If you can get him sold before they play the Saints, which I think is week four, uh, that's that's where I'd be looking to try to sell him in a dynasty league for some value because uh, he is, you know, you said it, he's on the down, you know, the downside of the hill for him for uh, age and his career. So if you can capitalize on some of these big games that they're going to have right now uh, with the schedule and the way that he played this year, like you said, he had a fire under that ass, uh, you know, with the uh, the rookie quarterback drafting that they did this year. So, uh, that's where my head's at with that, Matt. Brad, as far as the schedule goes, Packers get the Lions, the Falcons, and the Texans. That's sad. Those are – that's three week – that's three top – I'd say top six QB games. Yep, and then they play the Saints week five, and I think their bye week is the <laughs> next one, right? 
And then he's so, gone right before so the you, set. Yeah, Perfect. get rid of it. Uh, you know, ride that wave for a couple games and then sell the Aaron Rodgers of old. Um, yeah, I God, man, man, if you talk about Aaron Rodgers and where he went and redraft, like he was so – he went undrafted, you know, in some leagues. And I'm I'm proud of my man for what he put on. Uh, but I, I don't know if it's Aaron Rodgers – or I don't know if it's just really bad Minnesota defense, and I need to see I need to see it one more time. Yeah, the the one other thing to think about is you know Aaron Jones. I think he had 16 touches or 16 carries. So uh, if they get an opportunity to run the ball a little bit more on some softer rush defenses, that's going to bring that uh, you know that throwing percentage down a little bit too uh, when he doesn't feel the need to have to go do that. But like you said, he probably came out with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder wanting to prove that he could still do it. And like you said, that defense is so soft, take advantage of it. So, For sure, guys. Next up, not only was Aaron Rodgers cooking this week, but Josh Allen on the ground and in the air. Zach, hit us up with Josh Allen. Is this an overreaction? The Stallion. Um, listen, man, <laughs> I drafted Josh Allen in my work league, and I watched the game, all right, and the man went for 300 yards for the first time in his career passing. Okay. Um, but if I'm the Josh Allen owner and you watch that game, the man did not throw a pass over 20 yards. Okay. He has a long arm. If you watched him in his combine, his arm is deep. It's long, but, his accuracy is a red flag for me. I love the rushing. The man rushed for 15, 15 times, okay? He rushed for 15 times, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of talk in the offseason that, you know, when they brought Diggs in, they were going to make him a, into a passer, but he's not. He rushed for 15 times. He is the goal line vulture. I don't want any, don't want any running back for the Bills, man. I love that defense. They're going to be up. They played against the Jets, so I got to stay water, and he put up a performance. But, man, I just I, – I watched that. I watched his throws and just the inaccuracy, dude. Um, I, it, it is looking up for, you know, when they brought Diggs in, he targeted his wide receivers. You know, he targeted Diggs ten times, and he tar – or targeted uh, Brown ten times, and Diggs nine times. So, John Brown, you know, he actually got more targets. But he fumbled the ball. It was like the weirdest – looking non-graceful fumble that I've ever seen like it was like he fumbled it forward and just kind of threw it to the defense and I you know I fear with with the with that coaching they're going to be like look man you can be you want to be a franchise quarterback you can't be running all this because you're fumbling and he he got 50 yards which is which isn't bad but um, I think people are really overacting to, to Josh Allen and think he's like some great quarterback I love him for fantasy um, with the rushing, but I think it's going to go back some, man. And um, the Jets are terrible. Uh, they're terrible all around. Um, I'm not sure whose next schedule or his upcoming week. You can look that up, Matt. But uh, I'm selling Josh Allen if I can. If I could, if I could sell Josh Allen and like. Uh, Bills get know, the Dolphins this week, Zach. Yeah, I kind of like him there. Um, but if I could sell Josh Allen for like a flex wide receiver, like Anthony Miller for like a Kyler, 
especially in Superflex, I'm doing it, man. I, I would sell, I would sell Anthony Miller and Josh Allen for Kyler straight up. Thirty-three for forty-six, three hundred and twelve yards, two touchdowns passing, one on the ground, fifty-seven yards rushing. Brad, what is this? Is this an overreaction to a top five quarterback, or is this just just smoke? Yeah, I mean, if you can find somebody who's going to trade you Kyler Murray for Josh Allen and Anthony Miller, uh, I would also take that trade because that person's probably a little out of their mind if they're going to make that trade. Uh, that sounds like that sounds like one of those uh, Zach Grayson uh, trades, Zach, Zach Grayson, Grayson uh, or or Hitman trades that we like to see in some leagues, right? Those offers that go out that people just kind of look at and say, ah, "No, man, I'm good. good thanks." Uh, but I think I'm a little bit higher on him. I mean, with his inaccuracy and, and his ability to run and be that touchdown vulture, uh, he was still QB8 last year, uh, you know, thrown for 3,100 yards, 20 touchdowns, rushed for 510 yards, ran nine touchdowns, and now he's got a better receiver than he's ever had there in Stephon Diggs. Um, They've got, uh, you know, dare I say, a two-headed monster at the running back to, to kind of help keep the defenses at bay um, a little bit more. Uh, I feel like he's a, a guy who can get to 25 touchdowns, a guy who can still get those, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine rushing touchdowns and, and, and be a top seven or eight quarterback for the, you know, the next couple years uh, before that rushing starts to trail off a little bit. But uh you know to your point zach it may not look pretty i don't care if i'm a fantasy owner i want to know yeah. whether or not he's going to give me points every week uh mm -hmm. and and while it may be ugly while he's doing it and he's got things like the uh uh the mark sanchez butt fumble type situations that he likes to do <laughs> sometimes uh yeah. you know I, you gotta you gotta take that every once in a while uh, for some of the the amazing deep throws that he can, and I'm I would be willing to to make a wager on the fact that he will be doing some of those deep throws this year. Uh, to your point, the the Jets defense is soft, and they are just a bunch of soft dudes. Um, it is it is not impressive. I did. I will admit I did expect to see a little bit more of a long ball with Jamal Adams out of there now, uh, mm -hmm. you know, with that that lack of big-time safety being there. But um, when he is going to need to air it out, he'll be able to because he's got the arm, and all he's got to do is throw it up in the air and let Stephon Diggs run underneath it. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I would not be looking to sell him personally. Uh, I think he's a guy you can play every week regardless of the matchup because of that rushing floor. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, if you can get Kyler Murray out of it, then, then take that. So. Would you, would you rather have Josh Allen or Russell Wilson? Oh, Russell Wilson. He, I think that's a silly question. That's a stability question. Yeah. Um, Russell will have those weeks every week. Josh Allen might be a little up and down, but to have somebody who was a QB eight last year and you had digs to the fold, you had Zach Moss. And then with the juicy matchup against the Dolphins this week, I mean, the guy's going to score touchdowns. He's going to be a QB1. I do I do like, and I didn't mention this, I do like the line. Man, if you watch that game, that man had all day to throw, you know. And uh, maybe I need to be more optimistic, but I just I, – I, when I look at the accuracy of his passes, it just, irrit it just irritates me. And – 
you know, he gets a lot of he gets a lot of flack on Twitter for his uh, inaccurate passes from defenders, and um, you know, I, I do I like Josh Allen for the rushing man. If I'm and for fantasy purposes, but um, if you're in a super flex league, what would you be willing to pay for Josh Allen? What? Yeah, to me, I think the key is is finding those owners who are down on him, like what you're talking about right now, right? They watch the game. Uh, they see that he can be inaccurate. They see him turn the ball over with some of these silly uh, shuffle pass type situations that he tries to do. And you mm-hmm. say, hey, man, what, what do you want for him? And you see if you can take him because if you get him, you got a QB1 on your hands. Uh, and, and I think for the right price, it's, it's definitely worth doing that. Yeah. Especially in a three-year window, like what he can bring to just in consistency, he's one that I would definitely go after. Next up, guys, we're going to the receiver position. Carolina Panthers, DJ Moore, in a game they were in the shootout with with the Raiders. Bridgewater threw 34 times. But DJ Moore, four catches, 54 yards. Disappointment, overreaction, what is this? Listen, I was disappointed. I love DJ Moore. I got him everywhere. Um, However, you know, I started to overreact a little bit because I noticed that the offense was changing. You know, when I looked at that game and started looked over the stat line, how many how many targets do you think CMC got? He got four. He got four targets. There was only one game last year where he got four targets or less. This offense is different. He averaged eight targets a game last year. So when you talk about the offense being the same, it's definitely not. But for DJ Moore, he got nine targets, four receptions, 54 yards. Um, I watched the game. Um, and with, C- with, a, with a dominant player like CMC in the backfield, it, they're going to have to stack the box a little bit. CMC still did his thing through the tackles. But DJ Moore had room in space. You know, he looked, he looked good. He looked open. It was just a disappointing game. You know, and Robbie Anderson started catching his. Why I'm not overreacting too much to DJ Moore, I need to see a couple more games. But this, this Panthers defense, man, losing Luke Keekley, it it's bad. I, you know, I wouldn't put them – I'd put them in the same category as the Minnesota Vikings. Um when Derek, when Derek Carr is out there throwing bombs and looking like a stud QB, you know your defense is pretty bad. All right, um, I'm not Come overreacting. On. Why you get? Why you got to do Derek Carr like that, man? Come on, dude. I'm done with Derek Carr, man. Done. Wait a second, Angel, Angel. So tell me, is DJ one a? I mean, DJ one, <laughs> DJ Moore is he a wide receiver one this year? I don't think so. Price tags at. Everybody has this misconception. I think he was wide receiver 17. Granted, that was with Kyle Allen, who is nothing to brag about. But is Bridgewater that much better that he's a wide receiver one? I think, you know, everybody, when everything came in for Bridgewater this year, when you watched him at the Saints, Bridgewater was not throwing the ball downfield. You know, he's kind of like the Josh Allen where he's got an arm to do it, but he just – he wasn't doing it all that much. He was kind of hitting Michael Thomas in the slant a lot. And I was hype on DJ Moore because if he was going to act any way he was going to act in, in the, at the Saints, then he was going to throw a lot of slants. Well, the man was throwing the ball downfield. 
you know, he hit Robbie Anderson for that 75-yard touchdown, and I was like, holy crap, like, Ridgewater is moving this offense along. So, I like him as a quarterback because he's going to put – he's going to put the Panthers in scoring situations, so maybe it looks up for DJ Moore. But I, I, I'm not out on DJ Moore um, because the defense is going to be bad and they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. So, this, this offense is good enough to score points. Um, but to answer your question, because the offense have changed so drastically – and I think Robbie Anderson has made his place there. They, they targeted Curtis Samuel a few times. He spread the ball around a lot. And I think Kyle Allen, when he was there, he was targeting McCaffrey and DJ Moore, and that was basically it. And um, I think he's going to be a high wide receiver, too, not a, not a wide receiver one. That's just my opinion. All right, Brad, the angel has spoken. Bring us back down to earth. Is DJ Moore worth the price of, of admission? I, you know, I've never been a DJ Moore truther, you know, ever since he came out of school, everybody's hyped about his burst score and his, his speed score. And man, he's just so good. And I, and I'm not taking anything away from the guy. Um, but he's just a guy to me. Um, he's never been super impressive to me, to your point, Maddie, he's been a wide receiver too. Uh, I'm not saying he can't be an asset on somebody's team, uh, but when you got guys who are wanting, you know, DeAndre Hopkins price tag for uh, a mid mid level wide receiver too, uh, I'm not paying that price tag for it. Um, I think the just offense seems like, just seems like we're paying for upside with guys like him and AJ Brown. Like till they do it. What what makes them better than a Julio Jones? Yeah, and I don't see him doing it this year. With with the addition of Robbie Anderson, I think that hurts more than what people realize. When Robbie Anderson is healthy, that dude is a beast. Um, now I'm not saying he's going to be a wide receiver one either, so don't don't take that out of context. But I think there are weapons to go around there when you look at Ian Thomas, when you look at Curtis Samuel, when you look at Robbie Anderson and CMC, you know, there's, there's enough to go around uh, to where the offense I think can be very good and very efficient. I just don't say see DJ Moore as that number one target leader on the team by that much. Perfect. All right, guys, y'all ready for some yum yums, Baker Mayfield, always controversial week one. Definitely a disappointment. Is this an overreaction or things to come? Zach, you first, buddy. What you got? Listen, I didn't take – I did not take Baker Mayfield anywhere. Um, I had Baker Mania last year. I was – I, you know, I'm a Browns fan. I love Cleveland, love the Cleveland Cavs. But, man, when you have a guy it, – it, Baker is not slow, Okay but he doesn't run at all. When he was a rookie, he was out there rushing a little bit and making the defenses kind of do different things. Now, you know, I think it was uh, Antonio Brown or someone called him out last year, might as well roll right. The man rolls to the same side and throws away. He went 39 for 21. Okay. Um, 189 yards, one interception, one touchdown. Granted, some of his – he did try to run twice, and he only got three yards. Um, when you watch that game, what 
I have no clue what the Cleveland Browns are doing, man. They He threw a pick right off the bat. They went for that fake punt, which was dumb, all right? And then they turned the ball over. It was like a fake punt, and the punter ran up. He fumbled it. They, they got it. Granted, you know, we talked about this earlier. It was the Baltimore Ravens. But, man, I'm if I'm a Browns truther, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about Breaker Mayfield. I really am. Uh, he, this is his year. He, he, he has no excuse. He has talent all around him. They brought in Austin Hooper, which was a tight end one last year. From They couldn't afford to pay him. Um, and now that Njoku's hurt, I think Austin Hooper's a, a you know, sneaky start. I, I like Austin Hooper coming up this next week. But, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned about Baker. I don't see the work ethic. I, I see that he got paid. You know, he's on all these commercials. But Tim makes fun of him all the time and says he's chubby, and he really is. Um, he was a hard worker getting drafted. I just don't see that work ethic that I saw when he, when he got moved around in college. And the curse of Cleveland, man, it continues. Um, uh, Baker Mayfield, I'm sounding the alarm. I'm out. So, Brad, with Baker Mayfield, can he be Kirk Cousins? Is he a QB, too, at least? What do we – what do we have with the Cleveland Browns? Brad, I'll let you hit it. Baker Mayfield, let us know. Yeah, dude, it's it's tough, you know, being objective in this situation. You know, I look at, uh, you know, his rookie season with Freddie Kitchens as an interim head coach and offensive coordinator there. You see how productive he can be. Uh, but if you look at that year, he's making three-step drops and quick passes, a lot of slants, a lot of crossing routes, and it was productive. Um, Now he's doing five-step drops, seven-step drops, and Zach hit it right on the nose. He's rolling to his right, and he's throwing the ball away. Too many times have I seen him roll when he can just step up into the pocket. He doesn't have very good pocket presence. Um, that's, That's my big red flag for him. If he could learn to just step up into the pocket when there's edge rushers coming around, uh, then I think he could see the field a little bit better. Um, But, you know, with all that being said, even as a Browns fan, I don't want him on my fantasy team right now. Um, The one glimmer, and I don't even know if I'd call it a glimmer, but, you know, Zach brought up the initial pick. Um, They started that game very poorly. And I don't think it was Baker's fault. You got Calais Campbell in there on two plays. The dude's just a man-child. Hand up, batted down. I want to say it was the first pass that Baker threw. It was. The third third or fourth pass that Baker threw, Calais Campbell dropped back in coverage. Again, hand up in the air, tipped the ball into a pick. Is that Baker's fault? Probably. You know, but – it's also not like he just didn't read good enough coverage in that type of situation, right? Maybe he didn't get it up in the air high enough because Calais Campbell, again, is like six foot eight. He's the tallest dude on the field, you know? Um, all that said, you get into the end of the first half and you make more mistakes and you let Baltimore go down in 40 something seconds and score another touchdown. Um, that just demoralizes a team. Um, it's it's hard to recover from those kinds of things. Uh, but he, I, you know, it's like I said, I'm torn. 
I want to root for the guy. I, I want to see him do well uh, as the Browns fan, but there's very little to kind of hold on to with his talent and what he's showing you on the field right now. A couple things about Baker myself. His pocket presence is terrible. I heard uh, analysts say it the best. I think it was yesterday or today that shades of Johnny Menzel in the pocket. Not a oh, good uh, – Oh, don't say that. Oh, that hurts, <laughs> not, not a good oh, that hurts me. Um, I do think there is optimism. I don't think the price tag for Baker, if anything, is very cheap. I think with the weapons around him, I would rather maybe invest in him than a Bridgewater – a Darnold, a Haskins, kind of guys in that same range. But you have the upside with Baker. I think he could be a Kirk Cousins. It is the first year. I have faith in Stefanski, that run game, the weapons, uh, the tight ends. You had Njoku go down, but you still have, I believe his name's Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant, yeah. Training camp. Maybe a uh, dynasty sleeper later on. But I think we're kind of tilting too early on Baker. I Get that offense some time. We got the Bengals tomorrow night in the dog pound, Brad. It's going to be fun. Uh, last but not least, back to the Brown, Brown Bama, Bradley. Joe Mixon played terribly week one. Is this an overreaction to a first-round running back startup pick? No, I don't think so. I think you got to, you know, you saw what the guy can do when they give him opportunity. Um, you know, if you look at the back half of last year, uh, it's a tale of two halves of the season, right? Uh, you know, prior to their bye week in week nine, he hadn't touched, uh, he hadn't rushed the ball for more than 20 attempts. Uh, you know, was averaging around 3.9 yards per carry and hadn't topped 100 yards in the first half of the season. They go to the bye week, they come back. He admit, an, immediately touches the ball for 30 times, right? Just rushing the ball. Uh, starts to see a little more receptions, tops 100 yards, and you start to see that excitement from Bengals fans. You start to see the excitement in the, in the fantasy community for Joe Mixon and what he can do. Um, same story, I think, right now. You got a new offense. Uh, you got the hype of a, a rookie quarterback. I think defenses see that and say, you know what, we're going to make Joe Burrow beat us. I am not a Joe Burrow truther either. The guy's done it for one year in college. Prove it to me, right? I'm going to stack the box. I'm going to stop Joe Mixon. I'm going to give him 19 carries for 69 yards and hold him to 3.6 yards a carry. And I want to see what Joe Burrow can do. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's anything to freak out about with Joe Mixon. I think he's going to get his opportunity. Uh, they got to work around some things with that offensive line because it's still not, not very good. Uh, but I think he's going he's gonna to get the opportunity there. And, again, as I said earlier in the show, uh, sometime opportunity uh, tops what you want in, in other areas. So Situation, exactly. Yeah. Angel, what do you got on Joe Mixon for us? You know, uh, I got Joe Mixon in a couple spots, man. And um, I'm not going to lie, I was disappointed. I'm not tilting on him. I don't like him next week. Um, he's playing – who are they playing next week? Um, the Browns. Miles Garrett looks good down there, man. The pass rush, if you looked against the Baltimore Ravens running backs, you know, um, Mark I, Ingram. I, yeah, ahead. I'll tell you, Larry Ogunjobi is the run stopper of that defensive line right now. 
Um, very stingy in Cleveland. Yeah. They they held Mark Ingram in check, and they held J.K. Dobbins in check. I know J.K. Dobbins had two touchdowns, but he only had like 20-some yards. So I'm not excited for Joe Mixon next week. The disappointing thing for, for Joe Mixon, and I think it will get better throughout the season, if you look at Joe Burrow when he played at LSU, Claude Edwards-Alaire was, you know, his pass catcher, and he targeted Claude Edwards-Alaire a lot in college. Joe Mixon only had like two targets, one, I think, two, maybe one two, or two targets. Two targets, yeah. And that was the disappointing for me. I wanted to see the workhorse in Joe Mixon to where he's getting involved in the passing game as well. Um, the Chargers, you know, I know they had some problems on defense with their safety situation, but Bosa on the line, he's still a beast. It's Joe Burrow's rookie debut. Joe Burrow showed some light towards the end of that game if you watched it. You know, he brought them back to where they could have tied the game up one day overtime, but the, the kicker missed the field goal and tied up. And uh, I think there's, there's, there's looking up for Joe Burrow. It's going to be a slow process. He is a rookie. Um, don't like Joe Mixon next week, but I, I still have hopes for Joe Mixon. What he showed last year, you know, that was the only thing they had. You know, Andy Dalton looked butt. The line looked butt. And they just kept feeding it to Joe Mixon, and they couldn't stop it. So, the man's talented. Um, I'm in on him for the rest of the season. I don't – I got to alter my expectations for next week, though, with the Browns. Yeah, I, I can definitely understand altering the expectations, but I also don't want to – you know, I don't think you can necessarily discount him because it was the same story uh, with him last year. You look at that last game they played, it, I'm pretty sure it was the last game of the season. He rushed for about 160 yards and a couple touchdowns against the Browns. Uh, so, uh, you know, and it's that the defensive line has not changed. They still got Olivier Vernon. They still have Larry Okunjobi. They still have Miles Garrett. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think the opportunity is there for him to do a very similar, uh, game, uh, if the script works that way. So, yeah. A uh, couple more thoughts on Mixon. He did this, like Brad said, all last year. He was kind of up and down, but end of the year, you're still probably getting an RB1. That's kind of what you're going to expect with a tough division they play in. Um, another thing, Burrow played a lot of hurry-up offense, even against the Chargers. Giovanni was in. I don't know how that role is going to work out, but I definitely want to see Mixon more in the passing game. Yeah, For Bernard had, what, six targets, right? Yeah, four catches, which – but he was on the field a lot more than uh, yeah. I expected. All right, guys, let's get right into it. The juice, the meat, the yum-yums, trade targets. Right off the bat, Naheem Hines. Zach, tell us a little bit about this secret yum-yum. Well, my friends, if you drafted Naeem Hines in the last round, congratulations, Okay. The start of the fantasy season, you know, they drafted Jonathan Taylor, traded up for him, and I'm hype. I'm a dynasty owner of Jonathan Taylor, and I just want my man to get opportunity. I'm, that was the game that I watched. I did not watch the Packer game. I wanted to see my boy Jonathan Taylor. But when you watch that game, man, it, it was not Jonathan Taylor. Naeem Hines was getting red zone carries before Jonathan Taylor was getting red zone carries. Grant, I know it's the rookie effect, and Jonathan Taylor is way more talented than Naeem Hines. But the reason why I'm trading for Naeem Hines in – if you're a win-now team in Dynasty, I'm doing it. But if you're in redraft, I'm also considering it. If you need RB help, a safe floor guy. Why do I say that? 
because Philip Rivers is still Philip Rivers. Check down Rivers is still a thing. Rivers does not throw the ball deep. He checks it down on the running back. Naeem Hines, he got eight targets. Jonathan Taylor got six targets. So that's 14 targets just to the running back position. He caught all four of them. Uh, he's fast. He's shifty. He's kind of like the if you had to relate him to his last team, I'd say Austin Eckler's, Austin Eckler's way more talented. But he's shifty and fast, kind of like Austin Eckler. Um, he got 45 yards. He got a touchdown that game, and he got seven rushing attempts uh, for 28 yards. The offensive line is still good. I don't think the defense is as good as we thought. Maybe Gardner Minshew's <laughs> the truth. Everybody was sleeping on that game, said that, you know, Jacksonville's not going to win a game this year, but they came out and they beat the Colts. Phillip Rivers, you know, doesn't – I was wrong about that. I was wrong about Phillip Rivers in the wild card segment. He did not look great. Um, T.Y. Hilton, Hilton didn't look great. Paris Campbell looked – man, he looked great, dude. I like Paris Campbell. Um, but Philip Rivers is Philip Rivers, man. He's checking it down to Naeem Hines, and I want him. If I'm in a if I'm in a redraft league, I'm trading for him. I'm thinking about who I trade for now. Um, J.K. Dobbins or Naeem Hines? Probably going J.K. Dobbins for the upside. We'll get to him in a minute. But um, Tariq Cohen or Naeem Hines? Naeem Hines all day. I mean, yeah, I think that's an easy one. Yeah, Especially and, and after Co- week one. And and Cohen was drafted. You know, Cohen was a drafted player. He went early with all the news coming out about David Montgomery. Yeah, um, definitely. System, man. That makes everything. David Montgomery and Naeem Hines. Real quick. David Montgomery or Naeem Hines? David Montgomery. Yeah, David Montgomery. Yeah. So, you know, I take all those points. I, I think you got to look at, okay, the four carries that Marlon Mack got, the three receptions that he got, where are those going? Uh, you got to think that they spend that high of a draft pick on somebody as highly touted as Jonathan Taylor to give him the opportunity. Uh, and maybe that opportunity is going to come sooner rather than later, right? That, that happens all the time. Think about Nick Chubb a few years back. Right, they brought in Carlos Hyde, and about four or five games into the season, they said, "Dude, Nick Chubb is the real deal." Um, maybe that's expedited for Jonathan Taylor now, uh, with Marlon Mack uh, and his Achilles injury uh, being on IR. Maybe he gets that opportunity now. Uh, you brought up Paris Campbell. I think he is going to be a, a receiver of a lot of those underneath throws that Philip Rivers. I think, and uh, you know, he's going to be filling that Keenan Allen type role uh, for Philip Rivers in this offense right now. I think he's going to see a lot of those. Uh, I don't want to discount Naeem Hines or anything like that. I don't know that I'd go target him, right? I think he's an RB three at best, um, and and that's not really something I want to target unless I just need this tiny little piece for some reason uh, to try to win a championship. Yeah, I'm not targeting in redraft. Play. Yeah. Yep. I think we've kind of already covered Jonathan Taylor. Just we all want a piece of that Colts offense. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, we all thought he was going to be the handcuff coming into here, and it looks like Mark Ingram is Dobbins' handcuff. What do we got on J.K. Dobbins, guys? Yeah, you know, um, watching that game, man, uh, Jake, another thing I was wrong about, you know, Mark Ingram was my wild card. Go and get him. Um, when you watch that tape of Mark Ingram, dude, he just did not – he didn't look good. He didn't have the shiftiness. 
He didn't have the burst that I was looking for. He didn't pass the eye test of what he was doing last year. Um, and what was crazy is about everyone was talking about J.K. Dobbins. He's going to be great next year. Get J.K. Dobbins, maybe not this year, but next year. But, man, J.K. Dobbins was out there, dude. He was out there. Granted, he got only seven attempts, seven carries. But two of those were red zone carries. And that sucks for Mark Ingram owners. You 33% know, of the time he was on the field. It was a split backfield all around. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, he didn't get any targets, which was weird. Neither did Mark Ingram. They both didn't get targeted that game. And that, that just kind of threw me off a little bit. But when you're talking about J.K. Dobbins, man, his college tape is just tremendous. He's a stud. I wanted him in Dynasty. I just couldn't take him over Joe Burrow in a super flex. Um, but, man, you know, this defense is legit. They're going to score points. And when they score points, they're just going to feed the running backs. And I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be involved a lot sooner than what everyone thought. And I just tried to trade for uh, J.K. Dobbins and our uh, Tim's League. You know, I traded – I went Kirk Cousins in a super flex and Anthony Miller for J.K. Dobbins, and I got declined. So um, – The Dobbins hype is real, Zach. The Dobbins Brad, hype is real, you man. Got on Dobbins? I know you haven't always been extremely high on the guy. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about opportunity earlier on, and I, I don't think you can discount that, you know, to, to Zach's point. When a rookie running back comes out and uh, uh, leads them in snaps, uh, to your point, they were pretty close to 33%, but J.K. Dobbins was at 23 snaps, Mark Ingram was at 21, and Gus Edwards is at 15 uh, that tells you that they already like the dynamic play uh, and the abilities that J.K. Dobbins has. Uh, and I think it's just a matter of time. And, and like Zach said, sooner than later uh, or sooner than what some people thought, he's going to get more and more opportunity in an offense that loves, loves, loves to run the ball. Uh, so, you know, I don't think there's much more to talk about with him because of that. All right, guys, I'm going to steal this next one just because I am a huge fanboy for this guy. The secret god, god <laughs> you. The daddy loves him, man. Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, he's got the swag, and he showed week one he's got the skills. Fairly accurate. Found Keelan Cole. Uh, I don't know if he found Shark, but he was on yeah. fire. Russian get Russian floors there. He's safe. To me, he is on the outside looking in. I think I had him preseason QB 13. I'm sticking with that. With such a shitty team, the Jags are. I think week one was kind of a surprise to everybody, but I think Gardner's going to light the league on fire. What do you got for me, Zach? Man, what is not like to not like about Gardner Minshew, dude? The man's making – $750,000 a year or something crazy out there fighting for a job. You know, everyone's like, they're going to tank and they're going to draft um, the dude out of Clemson. But man, Gardner's the real deal, man. Uh, Colts, you know, they, their defense was rated high on paper. Didn't look that way, but the man just went out there and showed out threw for three touchdowns, um, you know, kind of spread the ball around a little bit. I thought he was going to target DJ Chark a little bit more, but, He's a good quarterback, man. You know, he doesn't depend on one receiver. He throws to the open receiver. And, uh, you know, 
I want to see one more game from Gardner Minshew, dude, but um, definitely. Zach, you're going to see plenty of games of the Gardner. Don't worry. Don't even Definitely hesitate. turn some heads. And, you know, he, get him now. he rushes too, man. He, he had five rushing attempts. I like that. You know, kind of wish Baker would do what Gardner's doing a little bit. You know, uh-huh. he's got similar speed. You know, if you can't check it down to Jarvis, just run for a few yards. Get get six yards out of it. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, God, no. What you got for me, Brad? I think the addition of Chenault is huge. Um, I think it's absolutely huge for them. Uh, you know, he did hyper target DJ shark last year, uh, because there, there was nobody else. They had DD Westbrook, Keelan Cole, and those guys just couldn't keep up. They, you know, all the hype around Josh Oliver, when he came out of the draft as a, as a, uh, you know, a very unique and talented, uh, receiving tight end. And he ended up injured. Uh, I think they needed that additional receiving threat and adding Chenault in there uh, and being able to move Keelan Cole to number three, I think is a, is a big deal. And like Zach said, the, the guy understands the game uh, and doesn't care who catches the ball if they're open. Um, so he's not forcing the ball to anybody. Um, I, you know, I don't know if I'd be as high as 13 on him, uh, but if I'm in a super flex league, I'm definitely okay starting him as my QB two. I like it. I like it. Would you pay a first round pick for Gardner Minshew in a super flex? No. Hell yeah, all day. I just I, I have a hard time trusting that organization to not tank and take Trevor Lawrence. Right. I just yeah. I just don't trust. Just the first. That. That's it. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You get more uh, than that. Oh, goodness. Kirk Cousins. What do we have with Kirk Cousins, Zach and Brad? Zach, hit me with it. Give me some Kirk Cousins feels. You know, Kirk Cousins forever has not been a great fantasy quarterback, okay? But he is a good, accurate passer quarterback, but he hasn't had to do it in the past. You look at last year, man, they fed Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's a stud. The defense was working. Mike Zimmer, dude, run the ball down their throat. This year, they're not going to be able to do that, man. Kirk Cousins is one of my favorite. And I didn't know this going in, but I watched the tape. Packers' defense is pretty damn good, man. They got Zadarius Smith in the middle. He gets to the quarterback. Their defense is not bad. But Kirk Cousins had a great game against the Packers. You know, he went – 25 for 19. He only missed six passes. So it's a great completion percentage. How many, for how many of those went to Adam Thielen? A lot. All of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all of them. All right. And that yeah. kind of that hurt me, man, because I'm a big Irv Smith truther. You know, Irv Smith has been lighting it up in camp, and all the stuff out of camp was about Irv Smith. But when you watch the game, the dude got one target. And Rudolph only got two targets. I think Rudolph's his he's coming down. And I th- I'm still hopeful for Irv Smith. But man, Kirk Cousins looked good, dude. He looked good. And that defense, he's gonna have to be good this year. And I think we're gonna unlock and see some fantasy relevance out of Kirk Cousins. I've got Kirk Cousins as my fourth quarterback in a super flex, and I'm trying to trade and see what I can get out of Dak and Kyler. Because I feel confident starting Kirk Cousins as my QB two this year. Um, You're talking in a dynasty league. You're trying to hold no, on no. to Kirk Cousins. No redraft. 
So oh. in redraft, I'm confident starting Kirk Cousins this year. Gotcha. You know, we talked about this earlier. The NFC North, you know, their defense is not like it was, man. You know, the Brown, the Bears, not as good. Detroit's never been all that good. Um, I like Kirk Cousins. I, I like him. I see him as a mid-QB2 this year. Brad, what do you got for me? Hey, yeah, I, you know, you talk all about how great he is, and you're like, yeah, he's a mid-QB2. Uh, he's always been a mid-QB2. That's where he's been his entire career, basically. Uh, so he's playing the exact same kind of ball that he's played his entire career. Uh, I think he's a streamer. Uh, you got to play him in the right matchup, especially when they have a team or a, a team that likes to run the ball with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Uh, I think you got to be very careful where you play him. I don't think it's an every week starter, and that's been consistent with his entire career, or well, his career in Minnesota. Uh, there are games that you can play him. There are games that you can't, uh, and it's all based about what you you know. And it's generally pretty uh, you know pretty legible ahead of time what that game script's going to look like and what Dalvin Cook is going to do. So you, I, I'm not as high on him until you said he's a, Q, a mid-range QB, too, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm on right, board let, with that. Let me be more bullish. I think Kirk Cousins finishes ahead of Gardner Minshew this year. Oh, my. What the? I'm serious. All right, time out. <laughs> I want to talk about Kirk Cousins now. You done poked a bear, son. <laughs> this is not a good idea, Zach. Kirk Cousin has no upside whatsoever. What do we look for in fantasy out of a mid-range QB2? Upside. Big Ben, upside. Brady, upside. Phillip Rivers, upside. Uh, 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 uh. Kirk Cousins is gross. I'd rather have Teddy Bridgewater I'd, I'd, than Kirk Just Cousins. real quick, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins than Tom Brady. He is way past oh, his prime. Oh, my God. Way past yeah, his prime. I don't care what. Did, oh, did you see God. him play? He it was, was not against good. the Saints defense. <laughs> he was His not situation. good. Oh. You giving me the quarterback in the Bucks offense or the quarterback in the Vikings offense? I'm going with the fantasy points. Yeah, Kirk Cousins might be. Ah, that's I can't talk about Tommy like that. Moving on, I'm all rattled now. You got started talking about Brady. I just think his situation is different, man. Like that defense is way worse, and he's going to have to do it. He's going to have to throw more. I remember watching a game last year where Kirk Cousins only threw the ball like nine times the entire game. Dude, he's not he's not going to be able to do that this year. He's going to have to throw, and I like I like Kirk Cousins. I like. I, I think you underestimate. I, I don't think their defense was that great last year. Uh, I mean, Xavier Rhodes was there, but he was not good. Um, I, you know, I and maybe I, I could be mistaken, but I don't recall their defense being, uh, you know, all that that much to worry about last year. It was a highly drafted defense, and they were highly respected. You know, Vikings, like Vikings put up thirty-four points. Kirk Cousins threw twenty-five times. He was consistent. He is not good. This is not mm -hmm. a pass-heavy offense. I, I'm a fan. Anyways, John Brown, let's move on. No more Kirk Cousins. Feel sick. Uh, John, right. John Smoke Brown, what do we got, fellas? Hit me with some John Brown love. I like John Brown, man. I've always been a fan of John Brown when he was in Arizona. Um, you know, Typically, when you talk about Buffalo, it's typically the place where receivers go to die. 
So when Diggs moved there, I was not excited for Diggs. But what I like about John Brown is Josh Allen, you know, he's not throwing the ball deep. And he targeted he targeted John Brown over Diggs, you know. And Diggs is the paid wide receiver there. He had a good game, 10, tar- 10 targets. 10 targets for John Brown. And John Brown went late in fantasy drafts. Give me 10 targets. I know it was against the Jets. But if Josh Allen's going to be the guy that where they can trust their defense to win games and not be, you know, take the Hail Mary shot and throw the 10-yard slant, it's going to be John Brown. And for a guy that had 10 targets, six receptions, 70 yards, and a touchdown, I know he's got a foot issue right now. When I wrote that down, I didn't know how bad it was. It's not a lot of news. I know he didn't practice today. But um, I guess there's more to – look into the into that and if it's severe don't target john brown but if he's the lead target receiver on that team you know when you when you look at john brown and Diggs match for match their speed is pretty similar you know when you look at who's more injury prone i would say it's Diggs. when you look at all the games they played john brown has beat Diggs every year in games played um And who's getting the better coverage? Diggs is. Diggs is getting the better coverage. I like John Brown, man. Brown's favor for sure. Um, Brad, what do you got? Yeah, yeah, I I share a little bit of the same sentiment, but you know, Stephon Diggs in his first game with Josh Allen and the Buffalo offense, and uh, no off season and no preseason games, had nine targets, caught eight balls for eighty six yards. Uh, I, I only see that going up, uh, and, uh, one of my sleepers later on that we'll talk about, uh, I'm not going to spoil, uh, I think is going to, going to mix into that mold a little bit more. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm of the, the thought that John Brown might be the guy who starts to give up some of those targets. Uh, now don't get me wrong between him or Diggs at their price, I would probably rather have Brown because he's cheaper and you're going to get similar reception numbers most likely out of him. Uh, but I've got to, you got to think that they're going to start to involve digs even more than they already have uh, and some of their draft picks as well. What do you guys see Brown as a wide receiver two, a three, a flex? What, what, are, we, what are we paying for John Brown? I think you can get him cheap with him being on the injury report. If you have him on your team, are you okay flexing him every week? Yeah, if that, if that injury is nothing, um, you know, I don't know who they play next week. But, I, yeah, I like, I'd like i play John Brown in my flex for sure. If he's my wide receiver three, yeah. Yeah, I'd, okay. I'd play him there. Here's a big one, guys. Michael Thomas, high ankle sprain, out – two to four weeks for the Saints. Is he a trade target in redraft and dynasty? Absolutely. You'd be crazy to not try. Yeah, I think you got to try. If you're if, – especially if you won in week one. If you're one and oh, I think you take the shot at him um, and see what you can – if you can get a decent deal for him, uh, then I think you take the opportunity. It's always about price. If they want – Michael Thomas of last year, 150-some-odd catches and double-digit touch, you're not going to pay that for him right now, right? If you can get him in a discount, I think you have to take the 
the shot at him. I saw Zach, a what do you got? I saw a dynasty trade that went down. It was Sony Michelle and and Stefan Diggs for Michael Thomas. I'd take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. That is highway robbery. Yeah. Um man, yeah, for 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 Michael Thomas, you know, it said the report came out several weeks. I guess they've they've changed that to 2 to 4 weeks. On tape, it didn't really even look all that bad. It was like a lineman fell in the back of his ankle. And, you know, like Brad said, if you're 1-0 and and your team, you got some good sleepers on your bench, you know, the Paris Campbell, the John Browns, the, the Anthony Millers to where you Jamison can – Jamison Crowder. The Crowders where maybe you can <laughs> take a shot and get Michael Thomas, I'd do it. Now, I'd like to give you guys a couple trades if you would do it or not. Redraft for Michael Thomas. So let's away David Johnson for Michael Thomas in redraft. Say that again. David Johnson, Mike, David Johnson or Michael Thomas in redraft. Michael Thomas. Yeah, Michael Thomas. Okay. Um, George Kittle or Michael Thomas in redraft. Uh, Kittle with that knee sprain can be dangerous too. Um, and that team makeup plays into that, but I'd probably still go Michael Thomas on that one also. Sounds like Kittle's playing. I'll take Kittle. I'm not afraid to deal Thomas at this point, knowing that in redraft, I have to wait a good month and I could be out of the playoffs, especially with my first round pick. I, I wouldn't say I'm selling pennies on the dollar. But if I can get a second or third round player, some kind of package in redraft, absolutely. All right, Dynasty, would you trade away Jonathan Taylor for Michael Thomas? No. Would you trade away J.K. Dobbins for Michael Thomas? God, yeah, I'd have to think about that. And Dynasty. Dynasty just seems like I don't really see a lot of people trading Michael Thomas. And if they are, they're – I think Dynasty just brings such a different aspect. I guess you could say win now, maybe. But I don't think Dobbins is a win now piece. Taylor could be, but usually with rookie backs, it takes a while. Ah, redraft, I'm trading Michael Thomas. Dynasty, I'd have to really do some soul searching. Yeah, the tough thing there is, you know, he's 27, 28 years old. He's got four or five years left of good production if he follows the Julio Jones kind of age path. Uh, that's your rookie running backs. You know, you got about five years of production out of those guys. So that's kind of, you know, if you're looking at a Nick Chubb for Michael Thomas, no way. I need more than Nick Chubb for Michael Thomas because a couple more years, two, three years down the road, Michael Thomas is going to be outproducing in Nick Chubb, right? But, it, right. you know, it's, it's, it's also hard to do because your team makeup matters also in these trades. So, Matt, are you out on Michael Thomas in redraft? Completely, 100%, sir. Really? I am okay. not waiting Man. for somebody to produce. I'm not waiting a month. I'm calling – I'm not – I wouldn't say I'm panicking. I'm not giving him away for David Johnson. But if somebody came to me with Julio Jones, if somebody came to me with Thielen in a piece, absolutely. So let's let's say let's say these are your receivers: Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Robert Woods. Those are your three main starting wide receivers. 
Yeah. Would you trade, uh, I don't know, uh, Kareem Hunt and uh, Robert Woods for Michael Thomas? No. You would keep those two? I would keep those two because between Woods, Allen Robinson, and Keenan Allen, Woods probably is the most consistent at this point. Nope. You know what workload he's getting. Keenan can might be up and down with Tyrod. And then who's the other one again? Uh, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Robert Oh, Allen Robinson. He's got, you know, beef with the Bears right now over a contract. Beef like with I the said, Bears. I, it doesn't matter. Trubisky's terrible and is going to hyper-target him anyway. Yeah, and then you're saying Kareem Hunt, who looks like a solid RB2. No way. Yeah, it's uh, – you know, I, I would like to think that you've got your – uh, you know, in this league, let's say you got CMC, your your top two or three pick. You got CMC or Barkley. So you got CMC or Barkley. Plus you got Allen and Allen Robinson. Uh, you know, you're you know a Matt Stafford type quarterback, Kirk Cousins, somebody in the you know the mid range there. You don't think you could get by a couple weeks and then add Thomas for the stretch? No, I got Mike Evans Man. and Miles Sanders out week one. I don't have any more time to lose. I'm trying to win now. I'll worry about, you know, week nine, week nine. Yeah, if you lost this week, it's definitely, you know, and, and not, Zach and I I'm talked about that before. I'm not messing around but... with injured players in redraft. Mm. Like, I want to yeah. go now. Um, yep. Let's move on. We could talk about, you know, greatness all day. Let's talk <laughs> about somebody else taking that step. Brad, hit us with some Hollywood. Dude, so I, I – I've preached this guy for a couple weeks before the season started uh, and week one just proved it again. Uh, but I'm going to give you some stuff about what he did last year. Cause I had a common or I had a misconception that I think a lot of people had about uh, Hollywood Brown. And that was the guy can run a nine route and he's super fast and that's it. Uh, and boy, was I wrong. Uh, so I, I went back and looked at his routes run last year. He ran a nine route. 17% of the time. He ran a corner or a post 17% of the time. He ran a dig or an out 15% of the time. He ran a curl or a comeback 20% of the time. He ran a slate slant 18%. This guy runs every route in the book regardless. Um, his one downside is kind of that press coverage. Um, so, so he's got, got some, some work to do there. Uh, you know, but I, I think that can be worked on. He did put on, I, I want to say it was about 12 pounds is what, what they were reporting before uh, the start of camp. And I haven't heard anything about him taking that weight off uh, since the season started. So, uh, you know, I got to think he's still playing in that 190-ish range. Uh, but as a rookie, he's demanding a 20% target share. He comes out week one and puts up 100 yards and, and looks great. Uh, against some really damn good corners for the Browns, you know, when you look at Greedy Williams and you look at Denzel Ward. So I, I just I, – I, I'm, I'm now a truther for Hollywood Brown, and I used to not be. Uh, the kid is crazy talented. Uh, the one I would say concern I have is he was only on the field for 62% of the snaps, right? That, that number needs to go up if, you, if you're – highly targeting somebody to come in and help your fantasy team. 62% of the snap share uh, really isn't going to cut that. 
but yeah, that's my initial cut for Marquise Hollywood Brown. Zach, what do we got? Hollywood Brown, hit me with it. Man, this guy, you know, one thing about Hollywood Brown, man, is I follow some players on their social media accounts, and Marquise Brown is one of the one of the players that I follow. And if you talk about just that bloodline of the Browns, what made Antonio Brown so good was his work ethic. And Marquise Brown, his work ethic in the offseason, it was every day the man was just posting these crazy, crazy workouts. Man's going for the bag this year, dude. And I was hesitant to start Marquise Brown this week. Denzel Ward is the shit, all right? And what he did in week one, I am hype on Marquise Brown. I I love him. His I love that he put on weight this year. You know, the Dynasty community, when he first got drafted, Dynasty nerds, all of them, was throwing shade on Marquise Brown, saying, don't draft him, he's small. He's going to get hurt, all this stuff. But this man's work ethic is something you don't see, dude. And follow him on any social media, and he continues to go, even if it's off, you know, the next day after a game, dude. This guy is going for the bag. I'm in. I'm Yeah, I, I love round. it. Um, Steve, definitely a first pick. So – what would you what would you give up for Marquise Brown in Dynasty? Would you trade two first for Marquise Brown? Oh, that that's probably a little high. Uh, so I went and got Marquise Brown in uh, I, I believe four of my five Dynasty leagues uh, after I started doing the research on the guy. Um, and he, even in camp, they were talking about how he was making Marcus Peters look like a chump. Uh, and Marcus Peters is no slouch of a cornerback, um, especially, you know, with, with his physicality and his, his want to play uh, press man coverage. And still all those reports are coming out that Marquise Brown was owning him in camp. Uh, you know, even more, the guy only had one route that he wasn't above the league average being successful at, uh, and that was the comeback route. Um, but you look at everything else, he's above the league average at, at, uh, uh, you know, success by those routes. So it's just the guy's got everything. He's the total package. And if if they can continue to be an offense that they are now, I think his upside only goes up. So Hollywood Brown put on 15 pounds of steel sex appeal. He's a great route runner. Uh, proof's in the pudding. This guy's just waiting to take over. I think he's a star in the making. I'm all about Hollywood Brown as well. Deontay Johnson. Brad, hey, real quick, receiver. real, real quick, would you trade Odell Beckham for Marquise Brown? Hell yeah. Yes. Okay. I see Hollywood Brown being – if he stays healthy, I think he can be a top 15 receiver this year. In redraft and dynasty? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. If I had Sutton, I'd trade him for Hollywood Brown. If I had Devontae Parker and Sutton, I'd trade him for Holly, Hollywood Brown. You trade Hollywood for Brown? <laughs> you about, get a Sutton and Parker for Brown? 
How about Stephon Diggs? Would you trade Stephon Diggs for Marquise Brown? I've tried to trade Stephon Diggs for Hollywood Brown. <laughs> I think you sent that to me. <laughs> Been there, done that, yeah. Uh, um, oh, goodness. Last but not least, trade targets. Deontay Johnson, Brad, what do you got for us? Oh, dude, this so, – so this guy for me is the same amount as hype – is the same amount of hype as I have for Hollywood Brown right now. The dude on Sunday Night Football made the Giants' corners look stupid. Um, he had 10 targets. Dude had like 30% of the target share coming from Ben Roethlisberger in, what, his third game playing with Big Ben? I think he was in maybe not even a full third game because I think Big Ben went out, what, the middle of the second game last year? So he's had one and a half games with him, and in his third game back, he's got 30% of the targets. The dude is just stupid talented, man. Um, the hype was starting to build in the offseason, so people were starting to wonder, is he the real deal? Is it going to happen? Does he have the chemistry? And I think the chemistry was there. Um, and I think you got to jump on that. You know, I think luckily for us who want to go get him, he didn't have a touchdown, so it's just those, uh, you know, if people are looking at target share, then maybe they jump on that and realize, hey, maybe I should hold on to this guy. Uh, but uh, I think if you can manage to get him at a reasonable price right now, he's another one of those guys that I think could be a mid-range wide receiver too by the end of the year. I am not a believer in Juju. I think that kind of helps that my case in this. Uh, I, I worry about him. If you go back and look at his tape last year, and I know that they had bad quarterback play, Juju – was bad he was not getting open on any route from anywhere that he was running on the field he just did not play good football last year maybe his heart wasn't in it I've you know I don't think that's the case I just don't think he's as talented as what people may say he is when his best season was with one of the best receivers we've seen play the game in in modern history so that's my spiel for, for Deontay Johnson. Not, I didn't want to turn it into a juju bash session, but uh, I'm not going to let help you, Brad. Case. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, I'm going to edit out that juju spot. <laughs> it's my podcast anyways. All right, Zach, hit me with some Deontay Johnson flavor. Man, um, you know, when you talk about Pittsburgh wide receivers, you want a piece of Pittsburgh wide receivers. You know, they they just they just hit. I, I don't know who the wide receiver coach is in Pittsburgh, man, but they need to give that man a raise because their hit range on wide receivers has just been awesome. Um, I love the 10 targets for Deontay Johnson. I like Chase Claypool. We're going to get to Chase Claypool in here in a little bit, but you know, Juju's not coming back next year. It is clearly known that they do not want to pay Juju. And the price tag for Devontae Johnson is just going to go up. Now, what are they going to do next year with the, with the quarterback situation? Big Ben, he looked pretty good in his opening. Typically, that surgery, the soldier surgery, people struggle coming back from that. Um, you know, I keep telling myself it's the Giants, it's the Giants, it's the Giants. Um, game script. I don't like the game script for the for the um, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers this year just because that defense is so damn good. Um, but the, I, I love the 10 targets. I love the 10 targets. They're getting them involved. 
DeAndre or James Washington, he got a touchdown in that game. So, I mean, he's getting some love too. And Juju got his two touchdowns. So maybe Deontay Johnson um, finds the end zone next, next week. I like, I like Deontay Johnson and dynasty. I'm not crazy about Deontay Johnson. I would rather have John Brown than Deontay Johnson in redraft. Uh, just because of the game script, just because of, what? Yeah, man. Um, I'd rather have John Brown than Deontay Johnson in redraft. Um, just because I think there's just too much talent on that team. There's, I believe in Juju. I know you don't, but Juju's talented. You know, a star was born. He was able to do what he did. When I know Antonio Brown was there, but Juju, um, he's been working a lot. He's another one of the. He's another one of the players I follow on social media, and he, you know, he works out a lot. Granted, the man plays too many video games that I like. He posts a lot of video game videos, but man's working out during the day and playing video games at night. I like Deontay Johnson, and I love him in Dynasty. Uh, definitely love him next year after Juju's gone. But um, I'd rather – I would rather have some of your 10-target um, non-sexy receivers like your John Brown, your uh, Anthony – Anthony Miller didn't get 10 targets. But um, I like I like Deontay Johnson more than Anthony Miller. But um, there's some other receivers that I do like and redraft over Deontay Johnson for sure. Guys, I think those are some great trade targets, especially early in the season that maybe – all of the audience should go out and inquire about. Um, before we before we sign off, you guys are making me a little tired. How about <laughs> we uh, hit the audience with some some little dynasty sleepers? Wake them back up. What do you got for Zach? So these are like deep deep sleepers that if you're in dynasty and they didn't get drafted on your um, rookie, you know rookie draft. Then deep, I would deep sleeper. uh, deep sleepers, maybe like not. I would bed, not be playing, it's four in the morning. Yeah, you're hunting for a trade. These players a have a chance to show some relevance in redraft, but it's nothing that I'm rushing to the waiver wire to pick up right now. Uh, so the first one we kind of touched on, I don't want to talk a lot about him, but Chase Claypool for rookie wide receiver for Pittsburgh Steelers. He only had two targets last game against the Giants. Granted, there's just a lot of targets that need to go to certain players. But the man's athletic, man. Um, his first score and everything, all his measurables measure up. He was – I feel like Chase Claypool was going to be the the, weight, the wide receiver. Who was the wide receiver that kept getting busted for drugs on the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers? Martavius Bryant. Martavius Bryant. Martavius Bryant. I think – if he stays, you know, healthy and he stays, you know, doesn't have those same issues, I think Chase Claypool could be the next big-bodied wide receiver there. He's like 6'2". He's an athletic monster freak, man, contested catch guy. And I like him in, uh, I like him in Dynasty. And his price tag is only going to go up as the season comes to the end. And we know Juju's not coming back. So, Chase Claypool. Brad, give us a sleeper. Yeah, for me, my guy is uh, – I kind of alluded to it a little earlier uh, when we were talking about John Brown and Stephon Diggs and, and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I'm a believer in Gabriel Davis uh, as a rookie wide receiver out of Central Florida. 
Uh, dude generated a lot of buzz uh, uh, from the combine, uh, from his pro day, uh, six foot two, uh, 216 pounds, by far the biggest uh, target uh, uh, on the Buffalo Bills. And when I can see a rookie wide receiver come in uh, with Stephon Diggs and John Brown and still get a couple targets, that means they recognize the talent. Uh, you know, they did have another uh, rookie wide receiver, uh, Isaiah Hodgins, I think, out of Oregon State is where he came from. Uh, I did not, uh, you know, catch him uh, on the field all that much. So I, I see Gabriel Davis is that uh, big target potentially working his way onto the field and kind of replacing, uh, not replacing, but taking some snaps away or some targets away from John Brown uh, in the long term. The guy's got a, a pretty decent 40 time now he's not uh, John Brown fast uh, he's he's just a four five guy uh, you know I know that's super uh, super slow for NFL uh, wide receivers but I think it's 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 fast enough to get the job done so uh, I, I like Gabriel Davis I'm gonna give you one of my own uh, Brad and Zach Russell Gage man this guy's in the ultimate situation on the most pass heavy offense might have be the third option in Atlanta. This guy, anytime somebody gets hurt, he steps up. Week one, he had over 100 yards passing. I don't know if it was just playing that tough, uh, tough defense in the middle for Seattle where they just couldn't target Hayden Hurst. I think that's who it is yet. But uh, anyways, man, Russell, Russell Gage is cheap, and he's good. LSU product. I think in this offense, he is a safe flex, and it'll cost you nothing in Dynasty. Would you, pay a, would you pay a second for Russell Gage? It's tempting. I'm not – I think his floor is so high that maybe if – I'm, if I'm trying to win now, I feel like Russell Gage is that ultimate receiver handcuff that if you got to start some guy, he's, you know, got that Julian Edelman appeal. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that he's a sleeper, though. Would you call him yeah, a sleeper? I mean, I mean, he came on strong at the end of last year. I just don't think people are still giving him the credit that he's due. He wasn't, I mean, drafted, I he wasn't drafted in redraft, and I think in deep dynasty leagues he might have been picked up and rostered, but nobody started in week one. You know right. what I mean? So, I think but, he qualifies as a sleeper. Yeah, yeah just right. all it takes is with Ridley and Julio's injury history and the unknown presence of, you know, the tight end. I think he's got a lot of appeal to me in Dynasty. Who else we got, guys? Hit me with one. All right, I got a guy here, man. Um, Logan Thomas, tight end for the Washington Ooh. football team. All right, hear me out. This guy – uh, did a little research on him. He used to be a quarterback in college. Um, then he kind of transferred to defense for a little while. And then he converted to tight end where he played for um, the Lions. Just keeps getting jumped around from team to team. But, you know, the Lions, they they invested that high round draft pick on uh, TJ Hawkinson. So they kind of shipped him out, didn't really need him anymore. But when you look at the Washington football team, man, their defense is but like – or I'm sorry, their offense – their defense is okay. They got the, the new guy on the defensive line, but overall their defense is still not great. Their pass rush is nice, but their their coverage is not great. So I believe this team is going to have to throw the ball a lot 
Um, they didn't really establish a great running game, you know, for the Antonio Gibson truthers out there and, um, you know, their other guy. I can't remember his name. But Logan Thomas, man, he actually got eight targets in the game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Caught four of them, caught touchdown. I think this 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 offense, and I, I know Dwayne Haskins, oh, my God, like I do not want Dwayne Haskins. But when you talk about a struggling quarterback, they tend to target whoever the dump-offs are. And the dump-off in this situation is Logan Thomas. I mean, he got eight targets in that game. I think uh, a, a late-round sleeper that may have some fantasy relevance for re- – I don't really want him in Dynasty because he's, you know, he's in his sixth year. But I think Logan Thomas will have some late uh, – some fantasy relevance this year just by opportunity alone. Not necessarily ta- talent, but situation and opportunity. I like Logan Thomas. I picked him up in a couple redrafts. I'm, I'm not starting him. But I'm waiting to see if he gets another eight targets or nine targets next game. I might, I might, if I'm having a Mike Gesicki, where he's just not freaking uh, Hayden Hurst, my other wild card that only got three targets in that game. Like, I want the tight end that's getting targets, and Logan Thomas is getting targets right now. All right, I I got a, I got a, uh, which would you rather? So, Logan Thomas or OJ Howard? Oh. OJ Howard's on IR, right? Did he just go on IR? He's hurt. OJ Howard is? Oh no, I'm sorry. That's in Joku. Yeah, no, uh, I don't I don't think so. I would He's rather, also I up would in that that uh, I want to say six to eight target range. Tom Brady loves himself some tight ends. Uh right. Rob Gronkowski is trash. I don't care who you know, the guy's been out of football for a couple years. You don't get to just decide you come back because Tom Brady's there and automatically be back in football shape and and ready yeah. to new, play a new offense. So that's a good that's a good good question. And if I'm if I'm looking at that, I'd I'd take OJ Howard just by offense alone. Guys, let's talk about a couple running backs that have been on the waiver wire this week, but might have starter roles. Let's hit up uh, before we go get to James Robinson. Just some quick thoughts on Benny Snell. Oh, all right. So, and, and I think Zach and I are probably going to end up saying the same thing because uh, we're both big uh, University of Kentucky fans. Uh, so when I, you know, remember watching Benny Snell in college, uh, he was exciting to watch. Don't get me wrong. He was a good running back in college, uh, but he was slow. He was more of a bruiser, kind of run over guys, can't make people miss, uh, one cut kind of guy. Um and that's what we saw last year in, in the limited snaps that we got to see in Pittsburgh. But I tell you what, Sunday night, that was a different Benny Snell. Uh, he slimmed down. He's quicker. He made some guys miss. Uh, he, he looked really, really, really good. The concern I have is, and, I, you know, unfortunately I don't have anything to base this on. It's just a feeling I have is, where does Anthony McFarland play into this uh, this puzzle of running backs with James Conner, right? James Conner is going to continue to get hurt. It, 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 history is going to continue to repeat itself. So who's the guy there? It was Benny Snell this week, and maybe it'll stay that way. I definitely think it's worth a waiver wire ad to do that. Um, I don't know if I'm trading for him in a dynasty league right now, uh, but, I, you know, I, I – 
based on what, what I saw Sunday night, uh, he's definitely uh, worth some some thoughts. Zach, what do we got? Benny Snell. I like Benny Snell um, for a stash and redraft. I'm with Brad, though. I'm not trading for him in a dynasty league. Uh, he did look better on tape than he did last year. But when I looked at the Pittsburgh backfield, man, I can't remember that other running back, but who's the Jaylen other running Samuels. back? Yeah, he was in on third down, and he was catching passes, you know. And typically the Pittsburgh way is to utilize one running back, and I want the Pittsburgh running back, um, whoever that – the healthy one, right? Because the defense is great, and they're going to be up, and I feel like they're going to they're gonna utilize the Pittsburgh running back. But this first week was just weird for for – Pittsburgh running backs, man. You know, you got Samuel out there. You got Connor out there. The news out out of the report is that Connor is not as hurt as everyone thought. But I agree with Brad that he's gonna get hurt again. That's just what James Connor does. I like I like Benny Snell to for as a wait and see and re, redraft. But with this next year and the running back class, um, if they have a season, I think. Uh, I think the running back class is just way too talented, and I don't think Benny Snell is going to have great dynasty value for a long time at the running uh, back. A couple things on Benny Snell that I have thought about. I've also heard Maurice Jones-Drew and Willis McGahee fully endorse Benny Snell, the player. So that had me intrigued. Pittsburgh has done nothing but glowing reviews about him. He looked great Monday night. I'm not going to lie. Uh, to me, it's immediate workload. I don't think Connor's going to play this week. I think Benny Snell's getting thrown, you know, he's going to carry the rock. Granted, he doesn't really have much of a passing, you know, floor. So, to me, are we getting Jordan Howard-esque from Benny Snell? So, to me, yeah, maybe he's not not a huge uh, dynasty ad, but in redraft for sure. If I have to start this guy, I feel confident. And I think that kind of ties us into uh, James Robinson, the guy from the Jaguars. Zach, hit us with some James Robinson news. Well, I mean, the Jaguars are in a developmental year to kind of see who they have on the roster. You know, when you look at that game, you know, James Robinson got all the workload. Now, I know they got a couple guys on the COVID list, and I think Armstead – the other guy, Zigbo or whatever his name is. But James Robinson, he looked good. He passed the eye test. Um, he got all the running back snaps. Um, I think he went 16 for 62 yards. He even got a target. So I'm talking deep, deep sleepers. I'm not saying go trade for this guy. But um, you never know what you never know what you got with Gardner Minshew. And if Gardner Minshew really is what everyone thinks he is and he's the truth, then I want the running back for that team because they're going to score points. He might get the goal line work. I like I like James Robin as a deep deep sleeper. Sounds like a box of chocolates, Zach. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> Brad, any uh, James Robinson thoughts before we get out of here? Dude, he's Peyton Barber, man. That's all it is. <laughs> That's what you're getting is Peyton Barber. 20 carries for 65 yards, three and a half yards a carry. You know, that wasn't his numbers, but that's what you're getting, right? I, I don't want anything to do with that. You know, oh, you know what? I want to put that in my flex spot. Well, what am I going to get? Five and a half points, six points? Like, that's just not worth the bother to me and the stress. There's no upside there. Uh, 
the eye test to me didn't wasn't passed because that's the immediate name that came to me when I saw that I was like is that Peyton Barber like oh no he's on Washington like I just that's where I see uh I they are if they're not taking Trevor Lawrence they're getting a Travis Etienne they're getting a Chuba Hubbard they're taking a running back next year um there's no way that they they sell Leonard Fournette for these guys that they are I, I I'm pretty sure he's undrafted correct James Robinson hey. I think it was Correct. a fifth pick or something, was he? Or I think he was I think, undrafted. Yeah, I think a Zigbo was drafted. He had a big uh, and uh, Reichwell Armstead bowl. was drafted, but right. Yeah, big yeah. Senior Bowl. Uh, I don't. I don't even think he got invited to the combine. But kind of when you say say it like that, when you say James Robinson is Peyton Barber esque, and then uh, Benny Snell is maybe Jordan Howard esque, just doesn't get you excited in fantasy. Would you trade away James Robinson for a second round pick next year? Absolutely. In a heartbeat. <laughs> Any pick I could get out of that guy right now, I would take. Matt, you want to comment on that or no? No comment, sir. <laughs> Zach uh, fed me a Peyton Barber share for a second. Now I feel embarrassed. No, you God, sent me you sent it to me. No, Matt sent me a second for for James Robinson, and I didn't, I didn't think twice about it, dude. I just yeah, I had a smashed accept on that. <laughs> but you know, I didn't get no flack from the league. I figured the league would be like, Ray, you know, no one said anything about it. It was great. Oh man, you know how our league is, Zach. Don't don't underestimate them. That's right, yeah. guys. Before we get out of here, Zach, anywhere they can look you up, find you, other than Christian Mingle. <laughs> The Fallen Angel. Zach, <laughs> hit him with your Twitter uh, at least. Any hit him with my questions. Twitter. You can find me at ZGray123 on Twitter, baby. Brad, before Man, we get out of here. Of, yeah, I don't do none of that crap. You can find me on Facebook, Bradley Stickler. That's that's all I got. <laughs> Is your uh, Farmers Only still still active? Oh, no, man. I've been married too long for that stuff, man. I got caught. Christian, no, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Guys, the crew was good today. We were like three peas in a pot. When the water was – even when the water was jumping, the peas were hot, baby. You guys killed it. You can find me at MattyDaddy26 at FFAffair.com. It's the Matty Daddy. It's stood for stud. Till next week, guys. We'll see you later. Hey, guys. Peace out.